Hi, I'm Peggy Haynes, and welcome to Making Midlife Matter, a podcast for women who want midlife to be more creative than crisis. I'm a minister, a writer, a therapist, and a coach for women in midlife. And I'm glad to bring you this podcast each week. Today we're looking at babies and bathwater and blessings. And I'm doing this in a little bit different setting. Usually I'm in my counseling office where it's all nice and quiet. Today I'm at home and right now my dog is sleeping by my side. I hope he will continue to be that way. We'll see. Anyway, how did I get into this strange topic of babies and bathwater and blessing? Well, let me tell you. Somehow I got a wild hair back before Christmas and got in the mood to clean out books. Now, I love books. I've always loved books. When I was a kid, I used to hit, let me see how many libraries. I'd go to our branch library of city library or county library. I'd go to my school library and I'd go to my church library. And I'd bring home like a stack of books from each one of them. And then when I got a little bit older, we had this most amazing thing called the Scholastic Book Club. And I don't know how often during the year, but we'd get this little sheet, a catalog of books we could order, and they were like insanely cheap. And I loved books so much. My mother used to always have to like give me a budget of, okay, you can order this many books, or else I would have ordered the entire sheet. I don't care what they were about. I would have ordered the entire sheet. And I'll never forget the best days in school was when I'd come into the classroom and see all of those little square boxes of books sitting on my teacher's desk. I was like, yes, more books. So I've always loved books, and which means I amassed quite a collection from time to time. And uh, now now is no different. And I had uh, bookshelves that were bulging. And it was just time. You know, sometimes you just hit that point where it's just time. So I guess when I should have been cleaning my house and getting ready for guests, for family coming in for Christmas, instead I was going through my bookshelves. And I filled up four boxes of books to take to a local um book sale. There's a, a nonprofit organization in my town that has this huge book sale every year. So they get all of my cast-offs. So I was feeling pretty good about that. But then after Christmas, I thought, hmm, I think I can take another pass at that. So I got really ruthless. And all of the books that I never would have considered on my first time around, I took a good hard look at those books. Now, like there, there was one, I remember the name of it, The Kingdom of the Horse. I have had that book since I was a kid. I was horse crazy as a kid, still am. But I was so horse crazy. So I was probably 12 when I got that, 12, 13 when I got that. But it's this big, heavy book. And... I pulled it out this time, and I realized, literally, I had not had my hands on this book since the last time I moved. 
I had not even touched it. So maybe I could let go of it. And he just heard my dog shaking his collar. Uh, there, there were some books that, there was one book in particular that I was holding on to. Now, it was not a book I was going to read again in this lifetime. I just, I, I wasn't going to read it. I, You know, it, it was good when I read it, but I, I wasn't in the same place now. But I'd kept it because the author was was a member of my church growing up. Um, in fact, he had sat on my ordination council. And he'd written that, that book and had written a wonderful inscription in it. And so I had kept it because it was just quite a touching inscription. But I wasn't going to read the book. And it was just taking up space and... There was somebody else out there who probably could get oodles of stuff from that book. So what I did was I cut out the page where he had signed it. And I kept that because that was the only thing I really wanted to keep. So here's what I learned in this really painful, ruthless exercise that I did. And and by the way, I gathered up five more boxes of books. So if you're keeping score, it was over a hundred books that I donated. So what I learned was you don't have to throw the baby out with the bathwater, which is what we fear if we start letting go of things. Yeah, you know, I touched on this briefly on on the previous podcast on losing my religion, but I think it's true of so many things, um, ways that we saw the world, um, ways that we thought about the world, even stuff, even things that were were passed down, and we keep them not because they're of any use to us, or because we'll. Uh, sometimes it's not even something we particularly like, but it was because it was passed down. And we keep it because it was our mothers or our grandmothers or great-grandmothers. Now, some of that's perfectly fine, and, and I'm as sentimental as the next person. You know, in, in my home, the, the bed I sleep in is this, this gorgeous four-poster bed with carved acorns on top of the posters. This beautiful bed that had belonged to my great aunt. And and I delight in it because it's a beautiful piece of furniture. And I have to use a step stool to get up on it. It's a beautiful piece of furniture, but it also makes me think back that I I really enjoyed this aunt when we'd go visit her. She had parakeets and she always had some kind of little toy for me. So I can be as sentimental as the next person. But here's the thing. Sometimes we get so overloaded with the stuff that we even lose sight of the connection a little bit. So what I realized in letting go of those books, and some of those books had been very important to me at different times of my life. 
but they they did they had served their purpose. I didn't need to keep them anymore. What I found was that letting go of them didn't mean I was throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Letting go of them meant I could acknowledge the blessing that they gave me. I could, like, you know, I, I would open up a thumb through the books and I'd kind of smile and I'd see the things that I'd underlined and I'd, I'd remember, oh, wow, I remember, yeah, when that was a, a big deal for me and gosh, it, it really isn't anymore. Or sometimes I'd look at the things I'd underline and go, oh, yeah, still dealing with that one. But what I got from that book, it was mine. Whether or not I physically held on to that book or not. Just like connections. Um, what, what that author meant in my life and the, the wonderful, amazing gift he gave me in my ordination council. He, he gave this gift that was like this statement of utter trust and belief in me and real blessing of me. And you know what? I have got that blessing regardless of whether or not I have that book in my possession, which I don't anymore. So here's the other thing I learned is that as I carted away those nine boxes of books, I didn't feel sad. Having gone through the process of, of acknowledging them, I felt free. It was like, ah, my, my bookshelves can breathe now. Now, I had to remind myself the fact that there are there's space in my bookshelves doesn't mean that I can immediately go out and buy a bunch of books, although I did buy a book yesterday, but that was for work, so that's different. <laughs> that's where I get myself into trouble. But there was, I think, the the process of allowing myself to let go brought with it great freedom. The sense of, yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not bound by this. So I really encourage you to to take a look around, and maybe there are physical things that you're holding on to, you know. One of the things that happens sometimes in midlife is we start to downsize. Now, now sometimes there are economic reasons for that. Sometimes we move to places where real estate is really expensive, so we don't have any choice about it. But sometimes it's a case of, I just want my life to be easier. And part of the perspective of midlife is, I don't need all this stuff. Um, I just... I'm in the process of letting go of this, but I just made the decision that I was going to sell my mother's Christmas china, which was beautiful, and I loved it. It's such a lovely table, and she loved it with all of her heart, and, and from Thanksgiving through Christmas, used it bunches. But here's the thing. My life is different now. I no longer, in my life, I cannot foresee that I am ever going to be hosting that big Thanksgiving, family Thanksgiving dinner again, which was always the the 
coming out party for the Christmas China. And I'm not going to host the big family Christmas dinner. Some Somebody else in my family has taken that over. And I can't imagine that there would be more than maybe one time, one or two times a year, if that, that I would ever use that china. So I can take in the blessing of all of those good memories. I can take in the blessing of how proud I was to set my own table with it. Those things don't go away once that china leaves my china cabinet. They don't disappear. So I invite you to take a look around. Are there things in your life, and I'm talking about actual stuff, not emotional stuff. Are there things in your life that maybe are oppressing you or weighing you down more than you realize? Or you're like, oh my gosh, I am just so tired of dusting that. Or... (laughs) You're like some of us, I'm so tired of looking at the dust on that. I invite you to think about the blessings that some of these things represent. And then to consider whether or not it might be a time to let them go. So, here's the flip side, is that Sometimes when we're able to let go, we can receive back something that's even more perfect. Um, I was in a, a pop-up store right before Christmas um, to buy some sugar cake. And it, in my neck of the woods, there's something known as Moravian sugar cake. And oh my gosh, it is wonderful. But it is a family tradition every Christmas morning and Easter morning, got to have sugar cake. And I was getting some for some friends. So anyway, I went by this pop-up store that was donating part of the proceeds to this, this wonderful charity. Well, the charity had some donations in there that um, they couldn't use, and they wanted to sell to raise money. It's a, it's a group that helps families that are moving from homelessness, moving out of homelessness, it helps them to furnish their homes, their new homes, which I think is just amazing. So anyway, they they had some mugs and other stuff up there, and they had this setting of, it wasn't really Christmas plates, but it was um, it was kind of a stoneware, a winter stoneware, because I had polar bears on it. Really cute, and I looked at it and went, Oh, man, I love that. But what do I need with, like, one random place setting of china, uh, of dishes? And then I looked at it again, and I looked at the, the price label. And the the price was for an eight-piece place setting. The only thing that was missing was one bowl. But it was a complete eight-place setting, so I'm sorry. Um, of the dinner plate, salad plate, mug, and and bowl, and eight place settings for twenty dollars. 
And so I got them. And instead of feeling oppressed, instead of feeling like, oh my gosh, there's one more thing. Oh, they bring me such delight every single day when I pull them out. They make me happy because they are so congruent with my life. And they are more than just a, a holiday dish. They, I can use them all winter long, and they just, they fit for me. So sometimes when we let go of those things that we think we ought to keep because somebody else says we ought to keep them or we feel this guilt that we ought to keep them sometimes when we can let go of those things then it creates this space when the things that really do fit and they may be very humble but the things that really do fit can find their way into our lives And that thing for you, it may be simply looking around a room and feeling good because it doesn't feel too full. Or it may be looking around your life and feeling good because it doesn't feel too cluttered with all of that stuff. All of those beliefs that somebody told you you had to believe, but that really doesn't work for you anymore. Or all of those beliefs about yourself that and who you had to be or who you were that you're coming to find really isn't true anymore, if it ever was. When we are able to let go, we can take in whatever blessing is there. And the blessing stays with us forever. Then we can let go of the rest. Thanks for hanging out with me. You can find out more about my work at heartcallings.com. And if you are listening to this, I, I know one of the great things about podcasts is they're, they're evergreen and people listen at all different times. But if you are listening to this before January 14th, 2019, and you are a woman in midlife and you really want to to be creative in this chapter. You want to create intentionally this next chapter of your life instead of just kind of falling into it. I invite you to join us. Once again, I'm offering my virtual retreat, Birthing a New Chapter. It's a great four-week journey in which we, we do some things. We... We work through some things that that keep us, some of that clutter, exactly some of this clutter that I've been talking about. We work through that. That's the shorthand way of saying it. And we identify. Uh, I have a process to help you identify what some of your dreams are. And we end up with, with you coming out, not just with a lot of stuff with your in your head, but 
a solid commitment of one thing, one action, one dream that you're going to work towards or that you're going to do. I offered this last summer for the first time, and it was such a great experience. Um, I, I have a video each week where I talk about uh, whatever the theme for the week is. Um, you have some um, worksheets, some guidelines for reflection to help you integrate that into your life. And one of the best parts about it is the Facebook group where we talk with each other. And what happened this past summer is that everybody learned from each other as much as from me. It was really just a totally cool experience. So that's launching. That's getting started on January 14th. And if you're interested, you can go to heartcallings.com. You can learn more about it. And if you're interested, come on board. We'd love to have you. I'm Peggy Hames, and I'll see you next time.